I love being in the house of the Lord. My goodness, you guys look wonderful. I have to adjust right now to speaking just in English with no translation. I think the last 20 times I preached, you have a translator, which is helpful because you can think about your next thought. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. Let's stand on our feet. Let's just lift, let's lift our hands together to Jesus. We just ask you to come, Lord. You're here, and we ask that you continue to come. You know, would you just lift your voices even with me and just, just, just confess to Jesus why we're here together. Let's pull on him together. Just say, Jesus, come and minister to us. Come and take us deeper into your heart, Lord. Come and speak to us your living word. We're here for you. We're here for you. Yeah, just pour it out just a little more. We just want you to have your way in this place. We're not playing games, Lord. We're not playing church. We're really here for you. We love the sound of your voice. We miss the sound of your voice, Lord. Would you come and just share your heart with us tonight? Holy Spirit, would you come and communicate that tone that belongs to only one person? That holy tone that can only come from one mouth. That's the voice we want. It's the voice we love. Would that voice resound in this place? Would that voice penetrate to the depths of our hearts? Would that voice awaken us? Refresh us, renew us, sanctify that voice. That's why we came. To see you, to hear you, for the hope of your presence. And we would even dare to ask that your presence would manifest in this place on earth, in this humble place on planet earth. We just dare to ask that your presence would manifest in such a way that we could together behold you in spirit and in truth. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We just love you. We love your presence. It's so delightful. We open our hearts wide. Say, have your way. Amen. Amen. Don't you love the presence of Jesus? I really do. I really love it more than anything. It's really good to be home. I, uh, I had the privilege of going overseas, and I think we're going to share a little, uh, some testimonies next week, and we'll cut the cameras so we can speak openly. But uh, it was really blessed, and... What was really amazing is I, I, uh, 
I shared everything we've been talking about here is the same messages. They come out a little different, but to watch the spirit of God just manifest, it was, it was like being at River House, just a long ways from River House. And it just maybe even more deeply affirmed for me that, that we're learning the ways of God's kingdom here. Because God's kingdom is universal. It's multinational, multi-ethnic. It doesn't matter where you are on this planet when it's one throne that manifests. It's one throne that touches down as we praise and worship the name of Jesus. Amen. So I, uh, I'm grateful to be back and I have a pretty good sense of what the Lord's going to do tonight, but he has permission to surprise me and you as he always does. You guys are real serious. I think the Lord's going to loosen some of you up tonight. I read Galatians a couple weeks ago. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Those are nervous laughs. <laughs> Say, loosen me up, Lord. Loosen us up, Jesus. You know, worshipers, you can't be stiff and a worshiper. It's just impossible. You got to worship in the spirit. Spirit's like water. <clears throat> Hebrews 13:15 Through Jesus then let us continually offer up a sacrifice, say sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks or bless or acknowledge his name. So through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of lips that acknowledge the name of Jesus. Amen. Isn't that a good word? I think I've shared some of this, but sometimes I think reiteration can be helpful. And I really feel conviction from the Holy Spirit in my own heart and for us as a church to grapple with the simplicity and the depth of what this is communicating to us when it says to continually, to be a people that continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to Jesus. I think that there's a place in praise that we are just scratching the surface of as a corporate community and individually in our own lives. And so I'm just going to again, and I think take a little bit of a broader stroke to just lay the same map and the same framework of this. It's almost like, a, I feel like Jesus has given me a, a treasure map. And you know, if you're gonna set out on an adventure to find a treasure, you have to be somewhat enticed by what you're gonna find at the end of that map. And I've just been meditating and meditating upon these words that we learn to pray the Lord until a spirit of worship comes and then worship the Lord until the glory comes and then stand in the glory. God is teaching us how to praise right now. 
We've had beautiful expressions of praise. I, I haven't fully gotten to watch the last couple weeks, but Jackie's given me updates. And then the month of January before then, I was so just captivated by the cultivation that's taking place by a priesthood emerging in this house. I think that we are in the process of becoming who Jesus calls us to be, which is a royal priesthood who understands that every time we come in the name of the Lord in the spirit, we are before his throne with crowns on our heads, sitting upon our own thrones, learning to worship and praise and bless this one so holy. That reality is becoming more real in our midst, but we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. So we're going to learn to praise until the spirit of worship comes. And I think that the Holy Spirit, we're in this transitional place where we're going to start breaking into praise. And then we're going to start coming into these unknown realms of worship. And this excites me. It excites me because no one has a PhD in praise and worship. Amen. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're no PhD. We have something to learn, guys. This is exciting. It's, it's exciting to learn something new. It's exciting to go where you haven't gone before. If you want to see what you haven't seen, you have to be willing to go where you haven't gone. If we want to see what we haven't seen, we have to be willing to go where we haven't gone before. If we want to see the glory of God manifested in a way that we've never seen, we have to be willing to go to a place high in praise and deep in worship that we've never gone. And this is what the Holy Spirit loves to disciple the church into. God is seeking worshipers. I love that Jesus chose a very simple broken woman to tell her this is what God's seeking. So much of church life is about what we're seeking. And there's beautiful things to seek. We seek his face, we seek his healing, we seek his anointing, we seek his giftings, we seek the Holy Spirit. But Jesus tells this woman at the well, this is what God is seeking. The eyes of God are searching for worshipers. Come on. I, wanna, I want him to find what he's seeking in me. Amen. That's a good thing. If you just want to make God happy, just become what he's seeking, you know? If you're seeking a steak sandwich and someone brings you a steak sandwich, you're just a happy guy. <laughs> it's sometimes it's more simple than we think. So praise takes us high. Say high. Praise takes us up Mount Zion. Takes us up the hill of the Lord. There were... These psalms, there's like 15 psalms. I think it's like Psalm, uh, I don't even know, 120 through 135. It's in that area. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. Somebody read these before? These are literally psalms of praise that Israel would sing as they were pilgrimaging to go up the hill of the Lord for the opportunity to bring God a sacrifice. In other words, they had songs to prepare their hearts to bring in a sacrifice to God. Sacrifice has become a little dull in our culture, and we're missing, I think, some of the wonder of what 
the writer of this verse is offering when they say sacrifice. We think of sacrifice as doing something that you don't want to do, and that's true. That's a part of sacrifice. But we don't think and I think have revelation of like a Psalm 27 where David says, I'll offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. How many of you have sacrificed with a shout of joy? Come on, how many of you have given like a financial offering with a shout of joy? How many of you have come and just walked through the doors of the, sanctu- of, of the outer lobby even and just said, God, I'm shouting. I cannot wait to give you a sacrifice today. What would cause David, what would cause these Jews of old as they approached the hill of the Lord on these festival days, what would cause them to have an anticipation and an expectation that they could actually offer a sacrifice, that they would actually prepare their hearts and their lives for weeks, if not days of travel and preparing, and they would have the goat, and they would have the different animals for the peace offerings and the different offerings that they would be bringing. They had to prepare their lives. They had to get their families and their lives in order to make a pilgrimage to Mount Zion to go up the hill of the Lord, what would cause them such anticipation? Because in those days, they knew where God dwelt. They knew where the, the, the inhabiting presence of the Lord was, and it was on Mount Zion. So they would prepare and orient their whole life. It's like four festivals throughout the year. Their whole orientation of Jewish culture was around the high days when they would get to come up the hill, enter through the outer courts with a sacrifice and come into the presence of the Lord. Come on. Come on. And we, as the new covenant priesthood, how much better, how much better do we have it? It's it's not just a few festivals a year. Sunday after Sunday. And it's not just that. Where two or more are gathered, I'm there. And it's not just that. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Anytime we choose to bless the name of Jesus, anytime we choose to open our mouths and give him the fruit of lips, we can come into the presence of the Lord. Anytime we choose, anytime we choose, Oh, God is looking for worshipers that will prepare the sacrifice and to come with expectation and a reverence of a gratitude that I can come into the presence of the Holy One anytime I want. When I offer the fruit of my lips that praise His name. Come on, praise takes us high. You know what's amazing about God? Is you can be in a room like this and God hears your praise. He really hears your voice. He really does. He hears what you have to say. You know, Naomi's, we put her at the, in the nursery for the first time um, tonight. She's eight months old. It was time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but there'll be times in here, you know, I'll be preaching and I can hear that little ba, 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 ba. I hear her voice. All of you, I'll hear the mutters. But when that little girl makes a sound, my whole inside's leap towards her because she occupies the deepest place of my heart. That is the place that we occupy in the heart of God. And so even though it's one voice, which it is one voice, it's still your voice, your sacrifice. And and I, I can't stress this enough that your sacrifice 
does something to the heart of God that only your voice can do. And what takes place at a church is not what takes place um, just on the stage and from the pulpit. It, where, where we go, we will go together. God is desiring to bring congregations up the hill of the Lord. He wants to bring a people up the hill of the Lord. But we will only go as far up that hill as we go together. We will only enter into the courts of the Lord and come into the very presence of Jesus if we go there together. It's a decision. It's a people prepared. I, I want to urge you and exhort you to, to let God actually cultivate reverence in your heart for what you are doing when you come on a Sunday night to this place. You are not on ordinary ground. You are on holy ground. You are in the sanctuary of the Most High. And somehow in the Spirit, we are not here in Garden City, Idaho. We are actually coming to the foot of Mount Zion when we enter. And we're saying we're climbing this hill together. And the way that we climb it is by the praise of our mouths. We, we, we go high in praise. God is yearning for us to draw. It's why he's saying, please draw near to me that I can draw near to you because we get so caught in the swirl of our circumstances. But when we begin to praise the Lord and we turn away from the circumstantial and the, and the, the messy and all the things, when we just turn away from those things and we look up and we set our face towards Zion and say, I'm gonna bless your name no matter what's going on because I've prepared a sacrifice. I've prepared my my own offering, and it's myself. If, if we can make the shift as, as churchgoers, if we can make the shift because we've been discipled culturally that you just kind of drag your feet through the door and just make it to church. And praise God, if you have to just drag your feet every once in a while, we've all been beat up. But that shouldn't be the norm of the churchgoer. The norm of the churchgoer was, is a people that said, I'm actually coming prepared to make an offering of myself to the Lord tonight. That, that, that it's, it's not even I'm going to do what I don't feel like doing. It's that I've actually been preparing myself to come into the holy assembly of the first of, of those that have been sanctified and washed by the blood of Jesus. I'm coming with the saints. The saints are marching in together into a holy place into a place that God says, this is my house that I long to dwell in. And we're coming with an expectation. We're coming to bring a sacrifice with a shout of joy. I will sing. I will make melody. I'm going to give myself to you, God, because you are enthroned upon the praise of a priesthood. It's a shift. This is a shift. This is a shift that we would come with an anticipation, I am prepared to give you an offering, Lord. And it's not just your 10% in your pocket. It is your very self. It's I am going to drain the dregs of my soul. I'm going to pour out everything I have. It might not be much, but everything I do have, I am going to give. If we'll orient ourselves toward blessing him, you cannot outgive God. You can't. <laughs> Something happens when you bless the name of Jesus. Something shifts. Something transforms. He inhabits praise. He's enthroned. He sits upon them. He enters in. He's very much at home in the praises of his people. I, I, th th this happened to me. I, I don't want to share the details of the story for the sake of you'll see why, but this was... 
this was in the last season of my life. And I was at a gathering and it was maybe 70 or 70 or 80 people. And it was a interdenominational gathering. And so I think there were people that were more charismatic. There were people that were very conservative. Like, I don't know how many denominational, but there was a lot. It was, there wasn't like a dominant mix. And I was actually not aware of this till someone told me later, but I guess there'd been some offense because um, somebody that was Pentecostal did something that offended this group. So there was like tension in the room. I didn't know this. I was actually sitting in the very back row. Somebody was with me and everyone else was in front of me. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on because this woman gets up and she is just this anointed firecracker. She starts sharing this testimony of the song that the Lord had given her, I don't know how long back in worship, and she wrote this song. She starts singing this song and it is like so beautiful. She's so anointed and everyone in the room is just sitting there watching her. And I was like so confused, like what's happening right now? Like I, like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't running the meeting, so I had no idea. And anyways, I'm sitting back there and I'm like uncomfortable because this woman is just like the anointing of God is on her. She is worshiping the Lord and everyone else is kind of watching. And as I'm sitting there, I feel prompted from the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm just at this meeting. I'm not, I'm not leading this meeting. The Holy Spirit just says, stand up. I want you to stand up and lift your hands. So as I did, I started feeling like this. Like, what are you doing? Don't be weird. Da, 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 da. Like, I, honestly, to the point that I almost let my hands down. The Lord said, don't let your hands down. So I stood up and I just started praising the Lord. I said, I bless you. I praise you. I started worshiping. I opened my eyes like five minutes later and the room was standing with their, arm, with their arms raised. The whole room. Maybe not the whole room, but most of the room. And I didn't know this until afterwards, but the person next to me said, about two minutes after you stood and raised your hand, he said, the whole atmosphere shifted and the room broke and started worshiping. And the Lord just, the Lord, I, I just felt prompted to share that because we think that it's what happens at the front that's the most important. It's not. It, it, I knew that I was there standing as a royal priest and I knew I'm gonna stand and lift my hands because this, I just knew something was not right in that room. Does that make sense? God is not a favoritism. He's not a respecter of persons. It's not more anointing up here. It rests on a people. It is really good. It is really good. It's so beautiful. Oh, so praise takes us high. Say high. We want to go up the hill of the Lord, yeah? But worship takes us deep. Say deep. Praise takes us high. Worship takes us deep. As we are learning to prepare our hearts to come and give God a sacrifice of praise, we're going to start shooting up the hill. And this is happening. And it, it would be funny to think, and like, if you, praise brings us into the presence of Jesus, but worship is knowing to do what, what to do once you get there. <laughs> right? Praise brings us into his presence. Worship is learning what to do when you get there. They're two different things. They're two very different things. And I think oftentimes if we're really honest in church, we'll, we've experienced this. Some of you may experience this tonight. I, I know we've experienced this in the recent past, but we'll start high praising, we'll be clapping, we'll be shouting, we'll be dancing. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's there. You know what I'm talking about? He's here. And then it's like, 
wow, that's awesome. And sometimes I feel like it's like we get there and we're like, hey. And then we like kind of turn and go back home. Right? It'd be like getting invited to go to somebody's house that you really, you know, like, I don't know, someone cool, Steph Curry. You get invited. You go to his house. You fly to San Francisco. You take the whole journey. You walk through the front door. It's like, here's his house. He's like, what's up? You're like, hey. And then you just turn around and go all the way back home. You'd be like, what are you doing? You did the whole journey. You did all that work to get into his presence. Don't you want to have a conversation? Right? Worship's like this. Praise brings us into the presence of Jesus. But if we're honest, I think a lot of people actually are kind of uncomfortable when you get there. We get a little starstruck. Woo! What do I say to Steph Curry? You got a nice jump shot? You know, it's like, what do you say? What do you say to the King of Glory? Whoa! You know, if you would imagine with me Palm Sunday, right? Let's just, let's imagine that we're all there. I've been, I have been here. I have been on the Mount of Olives on Palm Sunday and thousands of people, literally hours to get from the top into the city. So just imagine you are necked, you're shoulder to shoulder. You're in a multitude. You have your palm branch. You are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. You're taking your jacket. It's on the ground. And you see this donkey up on the hillside. And you are just elated. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you're, you're dancing. And the children are shouting, right? This is praise, praise, hallelujah, right? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Are you with me? Hosanna. Say it with me. Hosanna. Hosanna. Right, wave your hands. Hosanna. Come on, we got to get a little loose in here tonight. Hosanna. 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 Right, we are in a multitude. It is glorious. It is loud. It is celebration. It is, it is nothing short of ecstasy. We are crying, Hosanna. 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 Right, and you see, you see the donkey on the hillside. You're still waving Hosanna. You still are, because you see him, and it's amazing. And you see this donkey, and he's coming, and he's coming, and he's working your way. And then all of a sudden, it's closer, and you're still Hosanna, Hosanna. And then Hosanna, Hosanna, and then the donkey comes. It's right in front of you, and you look up. You're no longer shouting. In fact, you no longer see anybody. You just see him. And he looks at you. What do you do? Do you kneel? Do you grab his feet? Do you kiss his hand? Do you weep? What do you do? No one else is around you anymore. You don't hear the cries. You don't hear the shouts because you are in the presence of the King of glory. This is where worship starts. You know a spirit of worship has entered a room when the shouts turn to a hush. There's a change of tone between praise and worship. Do you see that? It would be inappropriate in a way to, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna. It's, worship's different. Worship's 
deep. Praise takes us high into his presence. But worship takes us deep into his heart. And Jesus, the heart of Jesus is longing. He has made himself vulnerable to be known by worshipers, to be known by those that will give themselves to him. But worship's tender, worship's deep. Worship can't be taught. It's, it's a threshold that we break into. You can't actually just break into it yourself. You have to praise. You praise. Praise takes you up. Worship takes you in. Praise brings you into his presence. Worship takes you into his heart. You know, I don't know, it was a month or two ago and Jackie came to me and she kind of tapped me. Hey, hun. I said, yeah. She said, my heart doesn't feel connected to you. And I said, oh, <laughs> you're right. I'm a man. I didn't even realize it. It took my wife actually saying it for me to realize it. I praise God for women. Can I get an amen from all the, from all the men in the room? from the husbands, and then a louder one from the bachelors. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for woman. Best thing you ever made. You know, most of the worshipers, most of the worshipers that Jesus honors in Scripture are women. Because women typically are more connected to their hearts. My wife is much more connected to her heart, to the heart of our marriage, to the heart of our family. She knows something's off long before I do. Anybody else can testify to that same truth. Just give a silent, yes, brother. <laughs> so Jackie came, tap, tap. My heart doesn't feel connected to you, Jordan. So I said, yeah, you're right. We need to go on a date. We've been busy. We've been busy with the baby. We've been busy with the church. We've been busy with the ministry. We've been busy with the travel plans. We've been busy with everything. Let's, let's go and, you know, let's, let's have some face-to-face -face time. And I, I think that this is, this is such a picture of Jesus with us often. Uh, we, you know, we, we start face-to-face -face with Jesus when we get saved. I love him. I love him with all my heart. He saved me. You have nothing else to distract you because he saved you. He saved you from your sin. He healed you. We all have the testimonies, but there's that first love encounter. It ravishes our heart. We're face-to-face -face with him. In time, that face-to-face -face bears fruit. Amen. You start having ministry. You start having life. There's this fruitfulness, and you don't just do face-to-face. -face, you do side-by-side, -side, and side-by-side's beautiful, but it's not face-to-face. -face. And I think Jesus, just in the midst of it, sometimes goes tap-tap. My heart doesn't feel connected to you. Jackie's did this. My heart doesn't feel connected to you. So I'm being, you know, the wise man that I am, phoned my mother. Can you babysit? She's going to babysit. We're going to go out. We're going to have face-to-face -face time. And we're sitting down having face-to-face -face time. And what are we talking about? Of course, we're talking about the ministry. We're talking about the baby. We're talking about all the things that we've been doing. And maybe 20 minutes in, she just is like, stop. She said, George, my heart doesn't feel connected to you. It's like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Like, back here, back here, you and me, you and me. 
my mind, I'm like, okay, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? <laughs> Play it cool. Absolutely, babe. Let me do my thing. <laughs> what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? So I'm like, all right, being the anointed man of God that I am, I'm like, this is my go-to, man. Just praise my wife. <laughs> Honey, you are such an amazing mom. I love watching you with the baby. It is incredible. You're an amazing wife. I'm just praising her. Like, give me the language of heaven, Lord. Give me poetry. Give me, like, come on. Even maybe like the token tear that makes it look even, this is deep. You are amazing. And like three minutes in, she's like, stop. She's like, I, I'm not, she's not laughing now. Now I actually, I can see pain in her eye. She's like, my heart doesn't feel connected to you. Then it just got quiet. And I'm just looking at her. And the eyes are the gateway to the soul. And I'm looking into her soul. And it's quiet. I don't know how it was quiet for a while. And then I didn't know what the words necessarily were, but my heart finally started waking up. And then tears just started pouring down my face. And I don't even know, she probably remembers the words, I don't, but it was simple words. I love you. I'm proud of you. I adore you. You're my bride. And when my heart started speaking, she started crying. Because when we speak from our heads, we'll only speak to people's heads. But when we speak from the heart, it speaks to the heart. And worship is the language of the heart. Worship is a ministry of presence. It's when we let our heart speaks, speak to Jesus. And this is why the, the worship encounters that we experience in the scripture are so full of imagery, full of emotion. You know, the woman's heart was in that bottle of perfume. Mary's heart was in the tears. It's not about the tears, it's not about the perfume. It's that the heart was speaking. Worship is the language of the heart. You know, Jesus is he's firm at times. He's firm with the Ephesians church. But the way that I interpret his message that you've lost your first love is he's tap, tap. My heart doesn't feel connected to you. My heart doesn't feel connected to you, Ephesus. You, you haven't compromised. You're not living in sin. You're doing good things. But my heart's not connected to you. It's Jesus saying, I miss the sound of your voice. I miss the tone of your voice when your heart's communicating. It's Jesus actually saying, I want depth with you. 
I want real connection with you. I'm not in this just for the fruit. I'm in this for you. Praise takes us up, but worship takes us in. And I believe it's actually praise. Praise is, we have more control. It's probably the word of praise. We have control or that we can choose to bring the sacrifice. But it's as we praise, it actually awakens the heart. As praise, spirit of praise will just bring us right into the presence of Jesus. And it's his presence that will start to awaken our heart. It will release an anointing for us to worship. And when we start to worship, praise, praise is, you know, loud, it's expressive, words, beauty, scriptures, all these things. But I, worship's a lot more simple. Worship can look like tears. It can look like a tender embrace. It can look like, I, I read a story of a South African brother who he would literally uh, open his Bible and just kiss it. That his tears were literally, uh, or, or his pages were literally rippled of his entire Bible because of how many times he had just kissed it. As if he was kissing Jesus himself. You know, worship, worship looks different. It sounds different. It's deeper. It's intimate. It's intertwined. And worship brings the glory. Worship brings the glory because whenever we give our hearts, he will respond with what? His heart. I imagine it's in some ways similar to uh, like a parent relationship where the parent is always able to go to a deeper depth than the child. And the years of that relationship is a longing that as the child will come to a new threshold, you're always there to meet them. Like, oh, I've been longing for this connection. And Jesus has an interesting relationship with us where he's both everlasting father and bridegroom. And he loves us in a, in a way that he's, you know, he's attracted to us. But he's also a lot more mature than us. And I think he's just patiently waiting for us to have the courage to go and offer ourselves and learn the ways of worship so that he can meet us with a revelation of his glory. There's, there's two words for glory in the Hebrew language. The first is Shekinah, which if you were to just basically work on the Hebrew and look at it, it just means the temple presence or the dwelling presence. So it was the, the, 
the presence that manifested first on the tabernacle in uh, the book of Numbers, actually. Then later in the temple, then later in, in Acts 2 at Pentecost. It's this presence that just came and sat. And like in the book of Numbers, it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And if we want to understand glory from a biblical perspective, it means the manifestation of presence. So we've all experienced God's presence, but there's actually different realms of manifestation, similar to the voice of God. So how many people you have been, you know, you've heard the still small voice of the Lord. You know, how many of you have maybe had a time where it was like his whisper but it was like almost audible, but it was, it was not the still small voice. It was like louder than that, not audible, but louder than that. And how many of you, I'm sure there's people, you've had a time when the Lord has spoken to you audibly. You've literally heard an out loud voice. Right? So just that little exercise, there's different realms of the manifestation of the voice. So he's speaking in every encounter, but there's times where his voice is more manifest. Are you following me? It's, it's more, it's more, there's physicality to it. There's actually an observable expression of it. And so all of Israel saw the glory together. It, it, it says that Moses and the Levites set up the camp. They set the tent in the middle of the people. The glory came like a cloud. And then all of the people, they were camped systematically uh, to the north, the south, the east, and the west, three tribes, all around the, the, the tent. And it says that when Moses would go to uh, speak with the Lord and the cloud was there, that everyone in Israel would stand at the entrance of their tent and they would gaze upon the glory together. There was an actual manifestation of presence. It wasn't just like, oh, wow, the presence of the Lord. Like I got the, I got the goosebumps. Like that, that's the presence of the Lord, but it was the manifestation of the presence of the Lord. Their eyes saw his presence. He was like a cloud. And it says repeatedly that the cloud was there continually. It didn't leave. This is the presence that Moses was praying for in Exodus 33. He wasn't saying, Lord, if, you're, if your goosebumps don't go on us, then don't lead us. You realize that because the Lord said, I'll send an angel with you. He said, no, I don't want an angel. He said, I want your manifest presence. This is what makes us distinct, is that there's a manifestation. There's actually a physical reality of God's presence. There's a realm of glory where you're actually, your eyes are seeing it. And if you think that this is just like old covenant language, no, it's, this is, this is, it actually says in the scriptures that our, our reality and access is greater than what the old covenant access was. But there are testimony upon testimony, if you start looking for it, of, of uh, New Testament churches, even in the last 100 or 200 years, of God's manifestation of his presence, where uh, the church would behold his glory like Israel beheld his glory in the days of old. And the purpose, the point I'm trying to make in this is that God is desiring to be seen God is desiring to be found. God is hiding in hopes that we will come and find him where he says he'll be found. And this word Shekinah, this dwelling presence, 
it, it was what would remain in the temple. That's, that's literally the meaning of the word is it was the remaining presence. It was this dwelling presence. So when the scriptures speak to you and I and say you are a temple, primarily what it's trying to communicate to you is the relationship that the blood of Jesus has constructed for you to have with the manifestation of God's presence. It's God actually saying, I have created you with the capacity to be a living container of the manifest presence of God. It's God saying, I don't just want goosebumps with you every once in a while. I want your face to shine like Moses' face shone. I've been in the presence of people. Heidi Baker, she carries the manifest presence of Jesus. Her face shines. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You'll start to notice this. You'll start to notice there's people in your life, I'm sure, that you'll start to notice there's a, there's a look. There's a, there's a facial expression. There, you, you become aware. There's a shift that happens, like people that carry the manifest presence of Jesus. You can't manufacture that. It's not an anointing. It's not a spiritual gift. It is actually the fruit of intimacy. And the only thing that will lend you into that type of a posture of life, which is when the things of God start just breaking forth around you because you carry the cloud of God's presence ever you go and, it, and it, it will vary in intensity at times, but is, is it, it's intimacy, it's a life of worship. It's a life that's wholly given to Jesus, wholly emptied so that we can be wholly filled by the manifestation of God's presence. It's a life that it's like, uh, I believe it's Numbers 9, where it talks about that if the cloud was to rest for a day, then they would camp for a day. If it was a year, they would camp for a year. If the cloud left at 3 a.m., they packed camp and left at 3 a.m. If the cloud left at 8 p.m., they left at 8. Like, they were following the cloud. They were following the manifestation of God's glory. Worship brings the glory. Because as, as we empty ourselves, as we pour out our hearts, he is the king of glory. His heart is the glory. The glory is his heart manifest. This is why when Israel turns and they start worshiping, the calf or whatever else they're doing, you see these reactions, particularly the old covenant where God gets angry. Have you read this? You're like, wow, that's intense. You're angry. Angry is a secondary emotion. It means that it's actually God showing you I'm deeply, deeply hurt right now because I've been manifest in front of you and you've turned your face on me. God he tells us his name is jealous. And he's jealous for what? He's jealous for worship. And it also says that he's jealous for the spirit that he's desired to dwell in you. Oh, he's jealous for our worship. Is that because he's egotistical? Is that because he's insecure? No, it's because he's longing to manifest himself to you. He's longing that you would know the glory. 
Well, not quite sure how to read you guys right now. But I want to invite you, um, I want to invite you to stand. And just open your hands. Jesus, I thank you that you are tap, tap, tapping. He's tapping on some of your shoulders right now. I just invite you, Jesus, to tap, tap, tap. And to communicate to those. He's, he's saying to some of you. My heart doesn't feel connected to you. Tap, tap, tap. You've lost connection with your heart. And so you've lost connection with me. Tap, tap, tap. Holy Spirit, I just bless you to communicate the tap of Jesus tonight. Tap, tap, tap. And I ask, Lord, that you would come and awaken our hearts. I, if you've lost connection to your heart, it's not some sort of spiritual gymnastics. I just want you to confess that to Jesus. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for how busy we get. We're sorry for how stuck in our head we are sometimes. And I just ask that you'd bring us into the heart of worship today. Jesus. And I just, I, I'm just going to, I, I want to just sing this song for maybe just two or three minutes. And I want to invite you to, to sing it with me, and, but let it come from a tender place. You're the holy and anointed one. Jesus, 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 holy and anointed. Maybe turn the lights down a little. 
come forward, you can come forward. Let the Lord, just the tenderness of the Lord, it's, it's not some sort of a forced thing tonight, but there's just a space and a grace. It's almost like I, I see hearts opening like a flower that's been bulbed, but they're just opening tonight in the tenderness of his heart. Jesus, if your heart's been hard, if your heart's numb, I just want to invite you to come forward. Just kneel before the Lord. If you're on the ministry team, you can kind of lay hands and just partner. Oh, bring an anointing to worship, Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's here. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Holy and anointed one, Jesus. There's no shame if you're coming forward. It's just a heart that says, Jesus, I want connection. I don't want to stay where I've been. I want to come to someplace new. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're the holy and anointed one, Jesus. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Jesus, I love you. 
your heart speak oh our hearts are speaking Jesus oh we love you I love you I love you I love you more than anything more than anything Jesus I love I love you, I love you, I love you. just come and play just the piano softly I just some of you this is just heart to heart and I just just be heart to heart with Jesus if if you need to go I just bless anyone that some of you it is, it's time to go. And I just bless you to go, just, just go softly. But some of you, this is heart to heart. places and the stagnant places and 
the places that are disconnected and full of self-protection and even shame. You're not after spiritual gymnastics. You're after authenticity. And we just bless you, Holy Spirit, to awaken the heart tonight. Lord, would you bring us close to our heart and close to your heart tonight, Jesus. And I just, I'm gonna just let you keep playing the piano and um, this is a place for you to worship. And if you, if you would like ministry, you can come forward. If, if you wanna just stay and linger in the presence of the Lord as he's disclosing himself tonight. I just bless you to linger and if you to go home, I bless you to go home. But whoever you are and wherever you are, invoke the name of Jesus upon your heart. I put his name upon your heart and I say, Holy Spirit, bless this house. Bless the hearts of River House tonight and awaken the capacity to worship. In Jesus' name I pray.